I told someone the other day, I said, we're just talking about what we give up for God, to have God. And I said, I had never one time looked back at a career opportunity, no matter how attractive it was, anybody trying to get me out of this church, get me out of this town, to go somewhere else, and regretted it one time because of what I have here that is more priceless, more priceless than whatever else I may want to go find somewhere. I give God praise. We, um, the fastest past Thursday the pastor has been talking about was we prayed over abiding in the presence of God, just abiding. <clears throat> it's a great revelation that she brought forth there. She brought forth in prayer and in Sunday school this morning. Um, you know, as I was getting ready for, uh, as that transitioning was happening in between Sunday school and church this morning, I was just marveling and saying, you know, I occasionally, not often, because I don't think it's a problem, but I occasionally hear someone say, I don't really know where I fit I don't really know how to connect. But, you know, if you just come to prayer, you're going to be connected because you're going to know what the Spirit is doing. You're going to hear all that revelation, all of the um, just the life-changing revelation that comes forth out of that prayer and you'll be a part of it and God will do it in you and you will be connected and you'll know exactly where your place is and where your purpose is. Uh, um. And so as I came out of the fast this past Thursday, I was going about my business Friday and abiding in the presence of God. And I was putting some cinnamon rolls in the oven. And I picked up these, this little cinnamon roll. And you know that they are, before you cook them, one of the most disgusting looking things I've ever seen. <laughs> they're slimy. They're gooey. They got that brown, crusty stuff inside of there. I would never pick up a raw cinnamon roll and will have any desire to put that into my mouth. I'll eat raw cookie dough. I'll get real excited about, you know, some stuff looks good raw and you just can't wait till it's cooked. But I would never pick up a raw cinnamon roll and want to put it inside my mouth. And so I shoved them into the oven. I had my oven preheated and everything. And as I was watching them, I came back and checked them a few times and watched them transform slowly. It took 32 minutes for my cinnamon rolls. They were thick. 32 minutes. And um, for them to transform into something that was gross and disgusting and unappetizing into something that was beautiful. Melt that sugar on top of it. Mm, It's good stuff. But I began, as I was watching it, though, the Holy Spirit spoke to me because you can tell I had been in a fast the day before because I was really excited about those cinnamon rolls. As I, but I was watching them, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And, I, and it's a couple of things I realized. One is when we abide in God, it doesn't matter what's going on. I'm going to hear from the Holy Spirit. And the other thing was I was sitting there, and I was watching them transform, and I and I said, God, isn't it amazing that something that gross looking could transform into something so wonderful? And he spoke to me and he said, it's because they stay in there in the atmosphere that you put them in. And as long as you abide in that atmosphere, the longer you abide in it, 
you begin to take on the properties of the atmosphere that you are in. And so at some point when they're done, those cinnamon rolls have warmed up to the same temperature that the oven is, the 350 degrees. They were cold when I put them in there. But by the time they had taken on all the properties of the atmosphere, I had, they had bided long enough to take on all the properties of the atmosphere that they were put into. They were something wonderful for me. And Sister Charlotte, I just I marvel when she told her, what God showed her um, in prayer this morning about the diamonds. And I said, but that, that's the same thing. Those, they go in as coal and they have to wait a long time long time they abide in the pressure they abide down in the deep crust of the earth they abide through it all and they begin to take on the property of what the pressure is molding them into and then we have something that's worthless except to help put a little lighter fluid on and cook something with that is of no real tangible value and because of abiding inside of something, it begins, it transforms over time into something of great value. As I was doing it, I said, how many things are like this? God, you know, we stick a warm bottle of water in. Nobody wants a warm bottle of water. You stick it in the refrigerator. It has to abide. It abides in there. And a little bit later, it's a nice cold bottle of water because it takes on the properties of the atmosphere that it is inside of. Amen. And I was just praying. I said, you know, we want transformation to be an event a lot of times. That's what we want. We want it to be a thing that happens. Because we got saved, that was a thing that happened. It was done. I get delivered, that was an event. It's wonderful. I'm delivered. Keeping it may be a different story if you look at it like an event. But I got delivered, it was an event. But transformation happens through abiding in the atmosphere of God. And the longer I abide with him, the longer I stay in his atmosphere, the longer I'm drawn close to him, I begin to take on some of his properties. I begin to look a little bit more like him. I warm up to the same temperature he's at. I begin to take on some of the properties of the pressure that he's putting me under as he's molding me and making me into something else. And that's not a... That's not, I wake up one day. That's just time of being in his presence and abiding. And there's nothing that can take the place of abiding in the presence of God. A couple weeks ago, we were praying over um, that spirit that comes in and makes us want to disconnect. So you know what happens if I took those cinnamon rolls out at 10 minutes instead of 32? I ain't got no cinnamon rolls to eat. If I disconnect from the abiding process, I don't get finished. I don't get done. In Psalms 91, it says, he that dwelleth, starting in verse 1, Psalm 91, 1. He that dwelleth, that means abides, in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress and my God, and him will I trust. And then he begins to tell us, if we abide in him, here are the properties that you begin to absorb and take on. 
from the atmosphere of abiding in God. He says, you're going to be delivered, verse 3, from the snare of the fowler and from the pestilence. You're not going to get sick. God doesn't get sick. God doesn't get oppressed. So if I, if I abide in God, God doesn't need deliverance. He is deliverance. If I abide in God, I don't have to worry about those things as long as I'm abiding in him because I begin to take on that property of him that God is victory. He is deliverance. He is healing. And I, and I can receive all of that just as I abide in him and I begin to take on that property. Hallelujah. He says he's going to cover you with his feathers under his wings. You will find trust. His truth will be your shield and buckler. There's no attack because God said, if you abide in me, I have a shield. I have a buckler. Nobody can touch me. I am invincible. And so as I begin to abide in him, I all of a sudden find myself one day, oh, I've abided long enough. I feel a little shield right here. Come on, devil. It doesn't matter what you throw at me because I know I'm going to be okay. Hallelujah. He says, you're not going to be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day. Oh, my God, as long as I abide in him, I begin to realize that my fears, the things that I've worried about over and over, all the things that I'm afraid of, of sitting up at night by myself, fear of dying alone, fear of all those those fears that I want that I'll go back into sin, all the fears. As long as I abide in him, I begin to take on the property of God that God has no fear. There is no fear in God. And so as long as I'm, I'll keep abiding in him, that fear begins to leave me. I begin to take on the property of being fearless. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. He says a thousand is going to fall by my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it will not come nigh thee. I begin to take on the property of God that God stands. It doesn't matter what happens on the left or the right. It doesn't matter who says what. It doesn't matter what circumstances look like, act like, feel like. It doesn't matter what's going on in my head or my emotions, in my finances, in my body. He stands and nothing will move God until God decides he is ready to move. Hallelujah, Jesus. And as I abide in him, I begin to take on the property of, I cannot be moved, devil. I cannot be moved, spirit of control. It doesn't matter what you throw at me. It doesn't matter how you manipulate my emotions. It doesn't matter if you make me sick to my stomach. It doesn't matter if you make me feel ill and you make me tired and you put disease on me. I cannot be moved. I set my face like flint. And I made up my mind that I'm going after God and nothing can move me. But hey, a shandala bokataba sandy a little double kama handaba sata. Hey! Hallelujah, Jesus. Woo, my God. Handalobo shikama handama sata. Those are things, those are characteristics of God that we don't get. By coming, just coming to church and sitting on a pew and lifting our hands in praise and worship. Those are characteristics of God that we don't get by, I have a problem, now I'm going to go to God over this problem. I have a need, I'm going to go to God over this need. I want to focus on this one thing. Those are characteristics of God that we only get by just abiding in Him. By taking the time. I couldn't take my cinnamon rolls out at 20 minutes, even though it had been a long time. Felt like a long time. I, had watched, I could smell them by that time. 
I was ready for them to be done. I couldn't take them out at 25 minutes. They weren't done yet. They had to continue to abide until all that needed to be formed in them was formed correctly. Then they could come out and be a pleasing thing. Right? We have to abide in the presence of God as long as he say abide. And when he's, when he's ready to pull us out for something and be used, then we'll be ready to be used by God. If I disconnect, though, I don't form these characteristics of God. I'm not pestilence comes, enemies come, arrows come. I don't have that strength because I didn't abide to obtain the strength. I can run to God over my problem. God may God probably fix my problem because he's merciful. But why I had to get in the problem to begin with? Mm-hmm. He says, you're going to behold and see the reward of the wicked because you have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, your habitation. That's why he's doing it all, because you've made your dwelling place, your habitation, the Lord. Hallelujah. There's no evil that's going to befall you, nor any plague come nigh your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands so that you don't even dash your foot against the stone. That's what we have when we make our God our habitation. We, we abide in him. When we don't disconnect, we abide in him. He says, you're going to tread on the lion, the adder, the young lion, and the dragon, and the dragon you're going to trample beneath your feet. And here's what God said, and I love it. He's, God says, verse 14, because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. Hallelujah. 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 Anybody can come to God in time of trouble, but here's all, but this is what God has prepared for to, us to be transformed into as we just abide in him all the time. We set our love on him. And he says, I'm, I'm going to look. I'm going to notice when you set your love on me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That event that we look after is just the first step in the transformation process. That's like me putting the cinnamon rolls couldn't cook until I put them in the oven. You know, I put them right in there. And then, and then the transformation could begin to happen. I abide in, in the work that God has put me into and that he's doing in me. <clears throat> we have those scriptures like Jesus made the way so we could become, come boldly before the throne of God. And here's what I saw when I was praying. We can come boldly before the throne of God at any time. But what is appropriate to come before the throne of God in. If I've been abiding in the world all week, not even necessarily sin. I'm just talking about I watch what I want to watch on TV. I eat what I want to eat when I want to eat it. Uh, um, you know, I sleep in instead of coming to Sunday school. Not casting any judgment if y'all did that today. Just, I'm just talking. I do what I want to do. Then when I come before the throne of God, I come as just me. Before the throne of God. And I ain't much to look at. I look like the world. I smell like the world. You ever been in, a, in an environment and you come out and 
smelling like the environment when you don't want to you don't want to be smelling like that environment hmm you come smelling like the environment, the atmosphere you've been in. I come before the throne of God. I don't want God to go, whoo. Okay, I do hear you. You came boldly. Yes, you did. <laughs> but you see, I don't have the right in myself to come boldly before the throne of God. I, Jesus has the right to come boldly before the throne of God. And so I have to prepare myself. It's like Queen Esther had to take all that time to prepare herself, to soak and all the right things so that she could be looking, smell and look and have an atmosphere around her like what she, the king wanted her to come out of. Now, if I've taken my time and I've been abiding in the presence of God and I come boldly before the throne of God, God doesn't see smelly me. God sees, ooh, the son of God is walking. He, he, I, it looks like Pastor Cindy, but I, I'll... But what I see is Jesus. What I smell is Jesus. What I feel just coming off of her is the pre- my own presence. Oh, she's th- this is me. This is my son coming up and asking me for something. Yes, whatever you want. Whatever you want. I have to prepare myself to be in the presence of God. Let's look at this scripture in Mark chapter 11. Verse 12. Mark eleven twelve. It says, and on the morrow, when they were coming from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the times of fig was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto the tree, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Then, you know, we know the story. He left. They came back the next day and the fig tree was dead. Now, why did the fig tree get cursed? Jesus, the son of God, showed up and wanted to put a demand on that fig tree. Oh, he wanted some fruit. I want some fruit. This fig tree is here for me. I'm ready to take something from it. And he shows up and he says, there's no tree on this. And the re- oh, there's no fruit on this. And the reason why is it hadn't been long enough. It wasn't time yet. For the figs to be there. Now you can say something about seasons or whatever, but Jesus showed up to that fig tree expecting some fruit. That fig tree did not have any fruit for him because it hadn't taken the time to prepare. The time for growth to happen in the right way and in the right time so that fruit could be there whenever the Son of God showed up and said, all right. All right, Sister Jackie, I'm ready for some fruit. What, what kind of fruit you got for me today? I'm fixing to pull from it. It didn't have it because it didn't take the time in advance. See, when God shows up and we've disconnected, we've been doing whatever we want to do. We say we have a heart after God, whatever, but I'm just, you know, just do what I want to do until somebody asks me for something. I don't have anything. Don't have, I don't have anything, actually. I'm like this fig tree. Ooh, just give me a minute, Jesus. Let me get in the presence of God. Let me pray. Let me, you know, mm-mm. I need, I need fruit right now. But what do you, what do you have right now? God showed up. What do you have right now for me? It's fine if you don't have it all, but 
You just got like one fig? Just one fig for me? I know it's springtime still, but just one. Mm-mm. And so it was cursed for the lack of fruit. Now, when we disconnect, the Bible has that parable of the vine. When we disconnect from the vine, we don't bear any fruit. If I'm disconnected, I can't bear fruit. Mm. So if I'm abiding in the vine, if I'm always abiding in God, I'm not going to help. I can't help but produce fruit because I abide in him. If I abide in him, if, I, if there's a branch abiding, it produces fruit because the root says it's time to produce fruit. It's connected. It's abiding. It produces fruit. If I disconnect that branch from the vine, it doesn't produce fruit anymore. It dies. And so when we disconnect, and so let me t- say what I mean by disconnecting. <clears throat> Sunday comes along, and this is something we prayed about a couple weeks ago in prayer. And um, Sunday comes along, and we say, whew, Sunday's done. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I'm fixing to go watch Netflix. I'm going to sit on my couch. I'm going to eat what I want to eat. I ain't even going to think about Jesus for two more days because they ain't prayer until then. And I just need a day. I'm just going to do what I want to do. One day I realized how difficult it was for just the day, just say Monday, I'm, you know, I get out of church on Sunday. I'm going to just do what I want to do. I ain't thinking about Nothing. I think about Monday, I'm going to come along and do what I want to do. And Tuesday, I know prayer's coming back up on Tuesday, so I better get right. One day I realized, (laughs) one day I realized how difficult it was not going out into sin. You know what I mean? I'm talking about just not thinking about Jesus. I realized how difficult it was on Tuesday morning to get myself ready to come into prayer and have anything for anybody. That may need a little bit of fruit from me. Because I just disconnected for a day or two. Mm. So, and when I saw that, I said, okay, so I'm going to just stay connected on Sunday when I get out of church. We'll stay connected on Monday morning. I'm going to stay connected to the Holy Ghost. Whatever you need of me, God, I'm going to have it. I'm going to do it. Do you know that my life got so much easier? Now, we have this mentality. It's because the devil tells us something about, you know, don't you need some me time? Who's going to take care of your kids? Your kids need somebody to play with them. What about your job? What about this? What about that? And so we disconnect. I'm going to see about all these things. I'm going to compartmentalize. I'm going to see about all these things. And I'm going to see about God in a couple of days. It's so much easier. To just abide. I'm going to give you a scripture. It's in Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to start in verse 24. It says. First of all it gives us the root. Of why we want to disconnect. It says no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one. And love the other. Or he will hold to one. And despise the other. That's what it says. So when I disconnect, I want to go serve who? Me. I said, I serve God enough. I'm, I got tired of that. I want to serve me for a couple of days. Take care of me. So I have two masters. I'll, Bible says I can't serve two masters. I'm going to hate one 
and love the other. So, we won't say, oh, no, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I, I love him. I love I want to give my whole life to him. But in the act of disconnecting, the act of saying, I just want to serve me for a couple days, I'm saying, I want my two masters. I want to say, Jesus said that if I choose to serve two masters, to make myself, pleasing myself a master, to go and worship myself and also worship God, I'm choosing to have two masters and I cannot help. It is inevitable. I'm going to hate one and I'm going to love the other. I'm going to despise one and I'm going to hold and cling to the other. And so what do I find myself doing when I make the choice to disconnect? Is I find myself after a little while saying, what more do they want out of me? Don't they know I have these other things to do? What more do I want? I find myself saying, I just need to cling to myself a little bit tighter because they're going to ask me to do something else. God may ask me to go witness to this person. God may tell me I need to go to street ministry. God may tell me I need to go to prayer a third day of the week instead of just two. God may tell me to do a little bit more. I need to hold and cling to myself just a little bit tighter. He says, if if I'm doing that, I'm clinging to one master and I'm despising the other master. Hallelujah, Jesus. He goes on and says, therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. Don't worry about who's going to take care of your body. Don't worry about clothes. Don't worry about what you're going to put on. Life is more than meat and raiment. He says, if you can get the revelation of serving only one master, you don't have to worry about all the other things that you're trying to serve yourself for. Skipping down a little bit, he says, Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles, the heathens, seek after those things. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, take no thought for the morrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. You know, we never quite stuck those two verses together, I don't think, about serving two masters and then seeking first the kingdom of God. If I just choose abiding... We see what God has planned for us when I abide, when I don't disconnect from him. When I say, God, I'm going to set my hope, my affection on you. God runs in and he has prepared a way for us to have all of our needs made. He has prepared a way for us to have all of our needs met. He's prepared a way for us to have all of our prayers answered. He's prepared a way through abiding in him that many of our needs never even show up because he takes care of them as we take on his, as we take on his character. Some things just can't even touch us anymore. Some things just can't even get close to me anymore as I take on the character of God, as I abide in him. Our only problem where we have to even be reminded to take no thought about things in life Seek God first, and then I'm going to take care of all these things. The only time we even get to the point where we need to be reminded of that is when I say, I'm going to abide in God, but I'm going to abide in myself too. 
I'm going to abide in God, but I'm going to keep a little bit back from me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So we have to, we, God help us get the revelation that if I just pick you over me, if I pick you over me and I pick abiding in you and I just pick what he says in Psalms 91, I just set my heart on God. I choose to get up in the morning and set my heart on God first. I choose that throughout the day, my heart is set on God. I have to deal with this, deal with that. But my heart is set on him. And I don't try to set any, my heart on myself to take care of anything in myself. But I have set my heart on taking care of God and seeking after him and what he wants. Then everything else becomes easy. I, I used to say all the time how busy I was. And I don't have time to play with my kids like I want to. And I don't have time to do this and do that and do this. And do, the, and do what God wants me to do. Blah, blah, blah. It's a lie. It's a lie. Because do you know that I do more than I've ever done, but I also have more times with my kids than I ever have? I bet like three evenings this week, I took a whole evening and played with my kids. And they're with me. Zeke, I was coming to prayer yesterday, and Zeke um, was getting ready to come, and he was going to go to a birthday party, and I was going to come to the church and pray. And when he realized he was going to the birthday party, he said, oh, me won't come and pray with you. You know, my kids love because I bring them with me. And so we get to do we get to do video games and Legos and stuff together and we get to pray together. What more could you ever want out of a relationship with your child? I get all I want out of that. You know, I don't have to worry about about money. I had a, a client. Um, we're going to buy it. It takes care of it. Um, I had a, had a client last week and I, I was telling Sister Dana yesterday, I said, I don't even like this person. I've, I think every time I talk to them that it is not worth the money that they pay me. I don't like them. I don't want to talk to them anymore. And, every, and I just dread. I avoid. I push it off. And so I'm, I'm abiding and I'm sitting at my desk yesterday and the Holy Spirit says, there's a problem with something that you're doing with them you need, that, that they have going on. Um, you need to just look at it and send them an email and tell them. Do you know he was so happy? I looked and there, and there it was. There was a problem. I sent him an email. I said, here's what it is. This is what we're going to do. He said, he was so happy. He said, Y'all don't think this is funny. He said, okay, that's wonderful. Why don't we just not talk and get until like the end of January? I said, hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That was the answer to my prayer. He said, I'm good. You're good. It's fine. We don't have to talk again. But he's going to keep sending me money. I don't know what else I can. I don't know what more I could want out of that. God takes care he takes care of those things he, because I just chose abiding in him. I wasn't worried about what am I going to do about this guy? What am I going to do about this? What am I about to do about this over here? I abide. I was just abiding, doing my thing. 
worshiping God, had a little worship music on, and he just spoke to me. And now, now it's dealt with, and it's dealt with in a, in a wonderful way that I don't have to deal with anymore. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.